culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great nation, despite the fact that we are facing an accusation by one of our closest allies, actually one of our closest neighbors. And it's a dire accusation. You know how Americans would feel if foreigners of any kind were interfering directly in our politics, sending money, playing games, picking favorites. Would uh, we respond well? Well, at the moment, Americans are deeply involved in Canadian politics because of support for the so-called Freedom Convoy the group of truckers and others most of the people who are there in Ottawa are not in fact truckers uh, there are a bunch of trucks and a bunch of truck drivers but uh, they they say that the overwhelming majority of truckers in uh, Canada are in fact vaccinated and there are some indications they do not support the so-called freedom convoy but why are Americans getting involved I mean honestly this is uh, from the Washington Post. Senior Canadian officials hit back yesterday at high-profile U.S. Republicans who have voiced support for the self-described Freedom Convoy as the group continued to block traffic in downtown Ottawa, that's the nation's capital, in protest of vaccine rules for cross-border truckers. Responding to some of those critics uh, Monday, Canada's public safety minister, Marco Mendocino, said, we are Canadian. We have our own set of laws. We will follow those laws. The uh, demonstrations began in late January after Canada and the United States imposed a prior rule requiring cross-border truck drivers to be fully vaccinated to enter their respective countries. In other words, if you want to cross over into Canada from the United States, you have to be vaccinated. Or if you uh, want to cross over from uh, the United States into Canada, you have to be vaccinated. Canada's done much better than we have in terms of both the distribution of vaccinations, where it's 87% who have at least one vaccination in Canada, uh, much higher, it's 20 points higher nearly than the United States. And uh, the, the pandemic has been much less deadly for Canadians. And, and partially, the Canadians at least believe because of some of the measures that the government has taken that are now being uh, criticized as dictatorial and tyrannical and a violation of personal freedom. The, uh, since the protest began, again in late January, the, uh, they've grown into a broader condemnation both of panic-related measures and the government of recently re-elected Prime Minister Justin Trudeau as far-right extremists, conspiracy theorists, and anti-government activists have joined their ranks in what Ottawa Police Chief Peter Slowly characterized as a siege of the downtown areas, protesters have used big rigs and cars to block crucial traffic arteries with horns blaring throughout the day. Ottawa Police said they've launched 60 criminal investigations, issued hundreds of tickets, towed vehicles, and made at least 20 arrests since Friday. National monuments have been desecrated, including the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and businesses forced to shut over security concerns. A state of emergency was announced for the city Sunday. A lot of the local officials in Ottawa say the financial damage to the city is tremendous, as it was in places like Portland, 
in the United States where there are so many businesses that were forced to close because of the left-wing riots. It turns out that right-wing riots, which is what you have here, is um, also not particularly good for business. Calling uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, quote, a far-left lunatic, Trump, uh, President Trump said in a statement that insane COVID mandates were destroying Canada and he urged the convoy to come to Washington to protest the United States public health measures. For, uh, for those who might be listening, who actually have supported the Canadian convoy, you've sent money and contributions to it, that, why? Why would somebody here in the United States who presumably cares about the United States and puts America first, why would you want to send some of those good old Yankee dollars up north uh, to uh, help a group of Canadian radicals? And by the way, they uh, profile a, a number of the people who are leading this, and we are talking about radicals. For instance, there is a... Uh, one participant in all of this named King, his name is Pat King, who's listed as an official contact to speak for the Freedom Convoy. And uh, he uh, has been a prominent champion of the protests online. He has called online COVID a man-made bioweapon and claimed that international financiers seek to depopulate the Anglo-Saxon race. He has said of uh, lockdowns, the only way that this is going to be settled is with bullets. Uh, really? Do, do we really need to have bullets to settle objections to lockdowns? Now, I... I I, I understand that he may be fairly extreme, but everybody they profile who is a, a leader and a designated leader and organizer, you're talking about pretty darn extreme points of view. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, potential presidential candidate, and Texas Attorney, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, uh, who's actually a potential prison candidate. I mean, he, he is fighting off serious charges and indictments. Both Republicans, they tweeted over the weekend that their states will investigate GoFundMe after the fundraising platform said it was freezing more than $8 million in donations to the convoy's organizers. And by the way, they have offered and to refund all that money. It's not that they're keeping it. They uh, just don't want to be involved in feeding it to... Uh, to the convoy itself, where people are using the funds to continue disrupting life and making life a living hell, apparently, for people who live in Ottawa. Uh, we need to be vigilant about potential foreign interference, said the uh, uh, public safety minister in the Trudeau government. We need to be vigilant about potential foreign interference. Whatever statements may have been made by some foreign official are neither here nor there. Trudeau, whose administration has become the convoy's target, wrote on Twitter that Canadians have the right to protest. But let's be clear, they do not have the right to blockade our economy 
or our democracy or our fellow citizens' daily lives, the prime minister said. It has to stop. For example, this is catching fire for all around the world. There is now a, uh, there was a convoy to Canberra, uh, the uh, capital in Australia. They spent last week demonstrating against Australia's vaccine mandates. Police in the capital warned residents Monday that protest activities may increase this week and disrupt traffic and public spaces. Now, this is in Australia, which has done just about the best job of any country, along with Japan and New Zealand. They've also been very successful. But Australia has so much a lower rate of disease and death than we do, and yet they have these protests in Australia? Uh-huh. A similarly inspired convoy of cars and camper vans blocked streets around New Zealand's parliament on Tuesday, and rallies are being organized in Europe as opponents to public health measures rush to uh, plan in various telegram channels. In Alaska on Sunday, more than 100 truck drivers gathered in Anchorage. Uh, what is this for? And if you support the so-called Freedom Convoy, what's in it for you? Why? We'll be right back on the MedVet Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. Michael Medved show uh, talking about the um, the ongoing controversy concerning various convoys and protests centering around truckers, centering around uh, who the protesters really are and what they really believe in, and uh, what the purpose is. Uh, what I don't understand, I can I can get it. There there are protests in the Canadian capital against the Canadian government. But uh, why would that be important to Americans, important enough to send money to this somewhat anomalous cause? Because what is this cause? The cause is to replace the Trudeau government. Now, of course, that's easier to do in a parliamentary system like they have in Canada than it is here. Uh, no one is talking seriously about impeaching Joe Biden, but giving... Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau a no-confidence vote. The problem is, if he gets a no-confidence vote and they have another election, he'll win again. And uh, it's not because he's so great. I think that Trudeau <laughs> basically is a uh, well-intentioned idiot. Uh, maybe you can even take out the well-intentioned if you want. I'm not a fan of Trudeau. But the idea that right now, while we are still in the midst of a pandemic, and people kind of forget that, and we're coming up to a million deaths in America, and I don't know what the death total is in Canada. They do better than we do. 
But part of their doing better than we do is because Canadians traditionally are a little bit better following the rules. And this is what uh, Newt Gingrich had to say about that on the uh, truckers', truckers protest, why it's so surprising that this is coming uh, directly from, uh, uh, from Canada. Uh, here is uh, Newt Gingrich. Listen. Well, I think all across the planet, you're seeing a rebellion. This whole truck driver effort, for example, in Canada, which really reminds me of the tractorcade against tractor Jimmy Carter in 1979. <laughs> I mean, the truck drivers just got sick of it. And of course, the response, which has shocked me, well, I, you know, we think of Canadians as nice, pleasant people, low key. Well, the Canadian government's reacted like a dictatorship and has gone all out to cause as much pain as they can, has even said, you know, if you provide them gasoline or you provide them food, uh, the, the truck drivers, now you could be arrested. And I don't know what law there is that blocks you from providing food and gasoline to truckers, but uh, the, the local mayor in, in uh, Ottawa, the, state, the national capital, has decided, you know, he's going to crush them. Uh, and, that, and you're seeing this kind of real division, I think, everywhere. It's the Nancy Pelosi effect. Uh, you know, what? You know, she runs a dictatorship. It used to be called the House of Representatives, but it's really Pelosi's dictatorship. And it's the same kind of attitude. Okay, Pelosi's dictatorship with her five-vote margin. And, uh, and again, what he's talking about, about the mayor of Ottawa and the officials, is their response to the people who elected them, who are the people who live in Ottawa and are terribly concerned of not being able to drive. And by the way, this came to me, and this is fascinating. This is uh, from Steve, who, uh, I'm sorry, his name is Jerome, and he's in Layton, Utah. And Jerome wrote in, he said, looked up the Canadian trucker convoy. Then I checked the pictures. No Confederate, Gadsden, or Nazi flags in the bunch. He says he looked at 300 pictures or so. Did see some Quebecois flags, blue on white with blue lilies, and a lot of maple leaf flags and banners. This is not a white power group. This is a freedom gathering and predictably have been cut off by the big tech powers that be. Uh, we just spent a moment, uh, really a moment, uh, uh, Jerome, and... There are plenty of, uh, of photographs. We can um, actually post them if people want on on our website. But I'm um, looking at a photograph of people walking up. It actually looks a little bit like the U.S. Ca Capitol. They're walking up some kind of government building, and they're uh, carrying uh, a flags that say F-word Trudeau. And then they have a big swastika underneath them. There are at least two Nazi flags right there. Who are the people carrying the flags? I don't know, but the flags are there. Uh, there's also this story. An Alberta MP, this is from the province of Alberta out west, said he was not aware a person was flying an upside-down Canadian flag with a swastika on it right behind him when he gave a television interview at a protest in Ottawa on the weekend. Uh, Michael Cooper, the conservative MP for St. Albert Edmonton, was giving an interview to CBC TV on Saturday afternoon when a person holding the flag walked behind him. This is a photo of uh, Cooper right in, in front of it.
So he apologized. Then there's another photograph, very clear, showing a homemade placard, and it has a syringe in it with a, uh, a green fluid in it with a, uh, a little drop coming out of the needle. And it just says, Assassin Trudeau, but the S's in Assassin are uh, drawn in a way of the SS, the stormtroopers, uh, the people who helped to run the death camps during the Holocaust. And then there's a, a, another photograph, different photograph, also in front of some kind of government building with someone carrying a very large Confederate flag with a model truck attached to it. Now, what all this means, is it possible that there are some people who came out and wandered around with Nazi flags and Confederate flags to make the truckers look bad? Sure, it's possible. But the fact is that you, you listen to the... Um, uh, this is a report from the New York Times. I understand the New York Times don't trust them, but they name people that you can look up. The organizer are mostly fringe activists uh, rather than truck drivers, and overwhelmingly a majority of whom are vaccinated. Uh, one organizer, Tamara Litch, was a senior member of a splinter party that has advocated secession for the western provinces in Canada until resigning her position last week. Uh, B.J. Dichter... Uh, who was listed on the convoy's official fundraiser alongside Ms. Litch, has said uh, that political Islam is rotting away at our society like a, a syphilis. And, uh, and then Pat King, who says that uh, COVID is a bioweapon that was devised by international financiers in a drive to annihilate the white Anglo-Saxon race. Now, these folks, this influence and the inspiration and financial aid from some within the American uh, far right is hardly hidden at the protests. Pro-Trump uh, pro and QAnon signs are frequently visible. So is Chris Christie, not at the protest, but on our show, coming right up on The Medved Show. Michael Medved Show, I uh, always enjoy welcoming to the show and uh, appreciate welcoming to the show Chris Christie, the 55th governor of the state of New Jersey, a husband and proud father of four, and an ABC News political and legal contributor. Governor Christie, great to speak with you. Good to speak to you again, Michael. Thanks for having me on. And he is also the author of the uh, current bestseller, Republican Rescue, Saving the Party from Truth Deniers, Conspiracy Theorists, and the Dangerous Policies of Joe Biden. Now, you have a number of people you name who you're saving the party from. Are you also going to save the party, do you hope, uh, from people who describe January 6th as a legitimate political discourse? Yeah, you know, look... You know, the RNC's um, stated goal 
in that resolution was this was to criticize Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney because supposedly they're distracting us from going after Joe Biden and the Democrats for all the things that they're doing to the country. Meantime, nothing's distracted us more over the last couple of days than this resolution from the RNC. Um, like, you know, reminds me of the old Marx Brothers line, uh, you know, Michael, are you going to believe me or your lying eyes? Um, and we all saw what happened on January 6th. We all know what it was. Um, and anybody who tries to recharacterize it afterwards historically is just going to wind up looking foolish. Uh, you're, you've never been uh, fearful of taking controversial stands or taking a clear stand on issues that are sometimes explosive. Uh, so I'm going to ask you very directly, who's right? Uh, Vice President Pence, who says he had no ability to overturn the election, or President Trump, who says that uh, Pence had a clear right to overturn the election? It is absolutely unquestionable, both legally and constitutionally, that Vice President Pence is correct. And do you respect him for speaking out as clearly as he has? Well, first off, I respect him for having done what he did on January 6th and not caving to the pressure that had been going after him for weeks by the president and the president's folks. Um, so that's the thing I respect the most. And certainly I respect him being clear about it this week. I, I wish he had done it even sooner, but I'm glad that he did um, and that he's on the record now very clearly about it because I think that's an important, a very, very important thing he did. You also agree with the consensus that appears in the U.S. Senate that uh, they need to fix the Electoral Count Act uh, from 1887 to prevent further confusion or, or attempts actually to undo the will of the electorate? Look, I think they should. Um, because, one, it's the right thing to do, but, two, if you're, even if you're just a partisan Republican, um, you wouldn't want Kamala Harris making that decision uh, three years from now. Um, and I certainly wouldn't want her to feel, because of the Trump interpretation of that law, that she'd be empowered to do something in 2025. So there's a whole bunch of reasons, both as Americans first and foremost, and as Republicans, that we should want that law changed and clarified. Okay, and one one other thing, and it's just one of those things that people are very, very excited about. Uh, do you fully understand or support uh, those prominent Republicans who are backing financially and politically and in the media the uh, trucker convoy, the so-called freedom convoy that shut down the capital city of Canada? Oh, look, I, you know, Michael, I have to I have to beg off on that one. I don't really know enough about it, haven't followed it closely enough to be able to give you an opinion. But it does seem to me um, that all you know types of peaceful protests that go on in free countries should should be supported. Um, but as long as they're peaceful protests, um, I think those things uh, people should always have the right to express their displeasure with their government. Okay, uh, and uh, they're sending uh, people are sending a good deal of money to the Freedom Convoy, and I've, I've been wondered about that. And again, I we'll take callers on that later. Uh, in terms of the project of Republican rescue, uh, the Republicans 
according to all the polls, are running well ahead in this um, midterm elections coming up. Do you think there are ways that uh, some folks in our party could still find a means to blow this election? Of, of course there are, because if we spend our time not talking about the policies uh, of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and the Democratic Congress, and we spend time talking about the 2020 election on January 6th, which is what you know some folks seem obsessed with, um, that's not going to be a winning formula for us. Um, and, and so to me, that's the way we could blow it if we keep ourselves focused on the failings of Joe Biden and the Democratic Congress and how we would bring different policies to the table, then I think we'll have a big win uh, on uh, election night of 22. And after that big win, uh, what do you think should be the top priorities for the new Republican Congress? And uh, I, I, I'm hoping you're participating in what is reported to be a widespread effort to try to put together something like the Contract with America that talks about what Republicans are for and what they would be doing in uh, 2023. Well, look, I think, unfortunately, because we don't have the White House, Michael, most of what we're going to do is going to have to be defensive. Um, we should be laying out what we want to do on taxes, what we want to do on spending, and get back to some sense of fiscal responsibility in this country to you know, empower parents more to make choices in their children's education, to reinvigorate re the police forces across this country, to let them know the American people support them so we can fight the crime that's going on in the streets. And uh, overseas, to let people know once again that there are people in the leadership of the Republican Party who care about what happens around the world and who are willing to stand up um, against tyranny around the world whether it's against Uyghur Muslims in China um, or the aggression that Russia is, uh, is placing now uh, on the border of Ukraine um, or Iran and North Korea and their nuclear ambitions and exploits. Um, we should be having a strong voice on what we would do with uh, each of those instances and all the domestic policy issues I just spoke about. We should be addressing all of those very directly. On uh, the debate that has gone on among Republicans between people who say, why should we care about Ukraine? It's far away. It's not our fight. And those who say that Ukraine and its sovereignty are crucial to the world order. Which side do you come down on? Look, I, I think I come down on the side of Ukraine and its freedom and liberty being very important to the future of Europe. And, and the future of Europe because of both our economic and our political and our military, in, uh, you know, uh, alliances with uh, the countries of Europe, we do not want to give Vladimir Putin a green light um, to go and begin to try to reassemble uh, the old Soviet Union. And Ukraine would be another step in that direction. And so I think it is in our country's interest. It doesn't mean we have to send troops, Michael, but it means what we need to do is make sure that NATO um, is strong on this, and that we're taking the appropriate steps from a sanctions perspective to make sure that Vladimir Putin knows there will be a monumental cost to him and his country if he decides to act aggressively towards Ukraine. Uh, Governor Chris Christie, he is the author of the best-selling book, Republican Rescue, saving the party from truth deniers, conspiracy theorists, and the dangerous policies of Joe Biden. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the work. And I hope you, uh, your message 
gets across to a very wide audience. The information about that book posted right on our website at michaelmedved.com. Uh, coming up, another another episode, which is sad, with Nazis in Florida. I'm not talking about in politics. I'm talking about in brawls. Coming up with The Medved Show. The Michael Medved Show. All across America. This is The Michael Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. That's 1-800-955-1776. On the Michael Medved Show, uh, look, it's a, a weird moment in America. In fact, there's a uh, actually a fairly witty uh, announcement of a brand new poll that uh, appears with the headline, Americans United in Worry Over Political Divisions, but not much else. Uh, we will get to that, but uh, there's also positions, divisions that go beyond politics. Uh, the um, Yahoo News reports that three people have been arrested days after a uh, passerby, who happens to be Jewish, was attacked by a group of self-proclaimed Nazis who yelled anti-Semitic slogans outside a central Florida shopping plaza over the weekend. Uh, the group leader, the leader of the Nazi group, is named Bert Colucci, 45, and Joshua Terrell, who's 46. They're both charged with battery with a hate crime enhancement, while Jason Brown, who's 47, is charged with grand theft, according to the Orange County Sheriff's Office. Uh, all three are prominent members of the National Socialist Movement, one of the nation's largest neo-Nazi groups. Now, it says largest neo-Nazi groups. It's still a tiny group, and we are not talking about a, a massive or terrifying movement. Uh, more than a dozen demonstrators, there you go, wearing Nazi garb, protested in an intersection near the University of Central Florida on Saturday and waved a swastika flag from a highway overpass on Sunday. During Saturday's demonstration, some participants got into a fight with a passerby who confronted the group, but no arrests were made. University of Central Florida student David Neustadt, who's Jewish, told WFL-TV that he had driven by the group and denounced their hatred, prompting one of the neo-Nazis to spit on him as the others surrounded his car. And, and uh, Neustadt said that he then got out of his vehicle, a mistake, and started recording the group, and uh, he pushed a demonstrator who had spat on him. He said the demonstrators then punched, kicked, and pepper sprayed him. Investigators watched video of the incident and said Neustadt was punched repeatedly by Terrell and pepper sprayed by Colucci. And uh, the Brown, the other one who was indicted, then stole the victim's phone, which was later found damaged beyond repair, According to affidavits released by the sheriff's office, the uh, next day the group gathered on an overpass, but authorities from the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles and the Florida Highway Patrol said they disbanded them. Orange County in Central Florida is home to the nation's biggest theme park resorts. The demonstrations took place a week after anti-Semitic flyers were distributed to hundreds of homes in two South Florida cities with large Jewish populations. Look. 
I, I understand very well the impulse that leads somebody to confront these these idiots. But the problem is that even a story like this, I mean, thank God nobody <clears throat> appears to have been seriously injured. The cell phone was seriously injured. But uh, honestly, giving people confrontations, it's like fighting between the Proud Boys and Antifa. This is obviously what the Nazis want. And I don't think we should ever give Nazis what they want, uh, even when the impulse to do that is to defend yourself. This is, yeah, this is uh, the way that they recruit new members. Oh, look, these big, brave guys stood up to this one Jewish guy who was trying to take a video on cell phone. Uh, let's go to uh, Ryan, who's calling in from Aberdeen, Washington. Ryan, you're on the Medved Show. Hey, Michael. Big fan of you. Big fan of uh, Mike Pence, too. Thank you. I'm Good. Calling, calling about um, what Chris Christie just said. It's just a logical kind of uh, question here. He, he said that we need to change and clarify that law so that Kamala, we, like, I agree with him. I wouldn't want Kamala Harris thinking, hey, I might be able to overturn this thing. But at the beginning of the interview, he said that Pence is clearly correct about this, and he couldn't have done anything. Yeah, so and I'll, te I'll tell you why that's not a conflict. One of the things about the law is it has a one sentence in it that is completely incomprehensible. It's 251 words in a single sentence, and nobody knows what the hell it means. And, uh, however, people have understood it. The law was passed in the Electoral Count Act in 1887. So for 150 years, uh, we've been basically living with this law, and every vice president since 1888, when they had an election, presidential election, has understood the law to mean that the vice president has no role other than it says he presides over the Congress. It doesn't say anything about his ability to review votes or to inspect or to certify or to overturn. That That's just not there. What is there is what Pence did, which is to allow members of the Senate and the House to object to certification. And if there is one member of the Senate and one member of the House who objects to the certification, then it goes to the uh, to the house separately and the senate separately and it needs to get a majority vote now what they're saying right now when they talk about fixing this law they're talking about fixing the law so that a single senator in this case josh hawley and ted cruz that a single senator can send this whole thing to the congress they they would require that you get one-third of the senate and one-third of the house to call for a review by the full congress you follow so it would make it much more difficult and, and it would really remove the possibility of this kind of thing happening again. I'm all for you follow? That. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, it's, the whole thing is so complicated. The, the one idea, Trump used the term overturn. And if you even look at the memoranda and the things that were sketched out by law professor, former law professor John Eastman, uh, it 
it it didn't even pretend that uh, Trump or Pence or anyone had the right to overturn the election. What they might have done is to find disqualified enough electoral votes. You'd need to have disqualified 37 of them. And if you disqualify those 37 electoral votes, then it, nobody has a majority. And uh, in that case, the election goes to the House of Representatives. And that's what they were trying to do. And where in the House of Representatives, even though the Democrats controlled the House of Representatives in uh, January of uh, 2021, uh, even though they controlled the majority, each state gets only one vote as it goes through. So it's possible, at least conceivable, that the uh, the uh, Republicans could have won a majority of the states in the House because they control 26 uh, House delegations, the Democrats control 24. But what they're not counting on is the fact that uh, there are a bunch of uh, uh, states that there's only one congressman in the state. One of the states is Wyoming. And I can't imagine that Liz Cheney would have voted to overturn the election. I also, uh, Don Young, who's the only member of Congress from Alaska, had indicated that, no, he was not ready to overturn the election. So the entire thing, it's one of those reasons, I'm very glad you called, Ryan. I want to emphasize this again. One of the reasons... I, I think that the sort of conventional narrative that you hear about January 6th is so wrong and so misleading is that according to the conventional narrative, democracy was hanging by a thread. We almost lost our democracy. This was an insurrection. Da, da, da. It wasn't that close. There was no real chance to undo the election. It had gone to court 60 times in 63 actual jurisdictions, and every single one of those legal cases uh, was a whiff. There, there were no victories. There was nothing that implied that the, the votes were fraudulent or would have created any realistic possibility of overturning the election. Uh, coming up, we'll go back to uh, more about the, um, the convoy, the so-called Freedom Convoy. And we'll also talk about this new poll that uh, indicates that um, right now the only thing Americans can agree on is that our political divisions are dangerous. That and uh, more, plus Juan Williams says that Republicans are playing with fire regarding the uh, Supreme Court nomination. Remember that? Will that ever happen? And more about political fundraising and others. Uh, is it appropriate to censure people who disagree with a party? That and more in This Greatest Nation on God's Green Earth.